This is episode four, Delta of Free is in Freedom. I'm Karen Sandler. And I'm Bradley Kuhn. This is Free as in Freedom. So uh, we have recorded audio again because we are we finished FOSDEM and now we just found more recorded More old recorded audio. This audio that we're going to air is a year and a month old. Oh. Did you not realize that? Well, it's fine. I, I didn't I don't even remember. You suggested that we use it. So, well, uh, it's, but I, it's, I, it's previously unaired audio. I feel, well, it has, it's in a directory. It's exclusive. It's in a directory called Unaired Audio, in fact. <laughs> uh, and I feel bad for people when we record their stuff and then don't use it. So, Well, I actually was recording this for, uh, I was going to launch a GNOME podcast. Oddcast. Really? Yes. Oh. So that's part of why I did this, and I recorded a few other interviews. Yeah, um, I have those too. We could do those later. You know, I mean, I, there's no reason they can't be cross-posted with GNOME. Um, and I can post it on, on my blog, which will aggregate on the planet. Okay. So this is uh, an interview with... Uh, Picture this. We're in Seoul. <laughs> Alan Day and I are walking around um, as tourists. And who should we run into but Leonard Puttering? So for this recording, we're actually on location. Um, it's uh, the day after the GNOME Asia Summit, and I am actually in like a what is it? I'm like in a it's a palace. Yeah, it's the Royal Palace. It's the Royal Palace in Seoul um, with Alan Day and Leonard Pottering. So um, I mean, actually, it's funny because we didn't plan to do this here. And yet, here we are, sitting in front of a beautiful, a beautiful structure, looking out at some great trees. So, um, I guess, I guess we should talk about the Asia Summit. So, Leonard, did you, you know, what were your impressions from the Asia Summit? Leonard actually was a runner-up to uh, Toby in uh, in uh, being voted for best speaker. Um, well, the community here is very enthusiastic, enthusiastic I guess. Um, they have a, a, quite a few people who organize this conference, and it was a very well-organized conference, and they, there were quite a few people in the audience, and, and judging by the questions I got, um, I think uh, people actually really participated and, and, and managed to, to follow what we did, and so it was really good. Like We had developers in the audience, and, and, and we had people who, who are um, a little bit less developers, but it, was like the impression I got it was a really good conference and uh, I hope I got my message which was um, regarding apps for, for GNOME um, a little bit um, across and um, yeah judging by the questions some um, people understood what we wanted to do and um, there was no opposition so that's the best thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually really enjoyed your talk and found it to be quite inspiring actually. Do you want to tell people what it was that you were talking about and what your view is um, so um, 
I mean, I'm 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 a GNOME Foundation member, but I usually work more on the lower levels of the stack. Mm. And actually, my number of patches in GNOME is, is relatively small. But um, so but you've I contributed a lot to the community in non-code ways as well. You've served on the papers committee at Guadec, and you've been generally involved with the community. Yeah, and in one of the of the <laughs> default backgrounds of GNOME is a photo I did. I was always so proud about that part. But oh, anyway, I didn't know that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, but anyway, so um, I usually work on the on the more lower level um, areas of the stack, and um, one thing that we are thoroughly missing in in, in, in uh, Linux in general and GNOME in, in specific is uh, is apps, and where apps basically mean something that that yeah applications you can download from the internet and can run locally, and uh, which are sandboxed and you know, you can have a nice market for. And uh, where you don't have the dependency hell, and where the vendor can give you the application directly, and and all these kind of things, and um, this um, to to implement something like that, of course, requires uh, quite a bit of uh, lower level work, and that's uh, where where um, we come in. And um, so um, I was attending together with Kaisivas actually. Um, we together work on a systemd project, which is a little bit like the basic building block that uh, Linux distributions are built from. And uh, yeah, we what we want to make happen is actually have a really good environment for for apps on on Linux and in GNOME in specific, and that uh, goes through the through all layers of our stack, ranging from from um, kernel features and uh, systemd features to uh, GNOME features, and then eventually um, we need all web stuff to get the market in place mm. and. Uh, and so it's a it's a, it's a huge undertaking and touching quite a few levels, and then the lower levels are the ones that I will work on. Um, and uh, we have people working on the higher level one uh, parts already. And yeah, it's a, it's a, um, so like who do we who 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 is working on it and who do we talk to if we want to make sure that this is this is continuing. So for the lower level work, that that would be Kai and me and a couple of people around us. Like we we have a couple of kernel people involved even. Um, but uh, for for the, the parts above it, there's um, Alexander Larson working and uh, and and Ryan Lorty, and and they they make all little bits of pieces working. I mean, it's it's basically like we what my talk was about was um, nine steps to 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 reach the the, the entire thing, and uh, like technical steps, actual parts that we need to implement, and every every single part of that taken separately is already pretty useful. But um, if you combine them all, you get the app stuff. But um, yeah, and then there's some stuff where Ryan works on, where was some stuff where Alex works on, some parts where the the, the display um, server people, like the Wayland people, work on, and, and and even others where other people work on. So it's a it's a true community for it, and it kind of takes like. It, it's I, I find it particularly exciting because it, it requires everybody to work together because mm -hmm. um, it's it's not this thing that that you could start and, and finish in an isolated fashion even though people have tried that and, and hence have failed this is really something that needs to take place across the like the, the the entire stack like you need to involve the kernel people and you need to involve the display manager people you need to involve the web people so that they put a nice market together you need to to um, get the people who write documentation and and, and and make sure that the development environment for GNOME is right, like it's it's really something that that involves everything that, that we have in GNOME, and um, that's what I find exciting. Even though I will only work on the lower level parts of it. When do you think we're gonna have a GNOME app store? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> so this the difference. I mean, there, there are already app stores around, like like for example, the Ubuntu app stores, and and they already exist. Um, but um, I think uh, the, the, the difference that, that we, we 
are trying to make here um, that they are not is, is that we actually want to do everything correct, right? Like, um, we don't want to take the shortcuts. We want to do it properly, um, which is, I guess, in a way, uh, what we always did in Linux, right? We, we want to fix the problems where they are and not work around them. And, I and think that somebody was saying that that was one of the things that they... I, was, I don't remember what I was reading, but someone recently made a post about how that was what they... Actually, that was something they really liked about GNOME as a philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely the, the major philosophy, even, I mean, I don't want to make fun of KDE in, right now, but um, they, they, the, the desktop they build, um, usually, they, they do take these shortcuts. So, so I mean, you can see that as a positive thing too, right? Because they, mm -hmm. they get something useful now, where we usually, um, we take much longer because we want to try it, um, like, get it right, and then, then, then it takes longer. But coming back to the apps thing, I think it's, it's uh, we don't expect anything useful before a year or something. And um, like the project that, that Kai and I are currently working on, which is kind of like the most basic building block that um, will open up working on the next things, um, is uh, the kernel dbus stuff. Um, dbus is um, the IPC system, like um, how, how processes, how the different components of, of GNOME and Linux communicate. And um, so far we use Dbus in a way that was not so optimal because it was implemented entirely in user space and built on what um, traditional Unix is um, support and was, was in many ways highly efficient, uh, inefficient. And uh, yeah, we want to fix that. So um, we want to make it uh, work for so that it becomes highly efficient, so that it can send out huge amounts of data. And uh, we need, because this is about communication, and, and if we want to isolate these apps and make sure they're sandboxed, and I mean, after all, security matters a lot for GNOME. I think there was this initiative even. Um, if we want to isolate the, these apps from the from the OS, and especially from the user's private data, um, then this the, the communication framework that everything is built on, of course, needs to enforce um, these strict um, and privacy um, and uh, security um, constraints there. So, um, yeah, we are working on this KDBath thing that moves all of this communication stuff into the kernel and allows us to, to, to sandbox things properly and, and make sure that everything is enforced and, and secure and, and wonderful and safe. And, um, I mean, previous approaches to the, to the app stuff usually never bothered with that part because it's nasty and complex and, and a lot of work. But the other thing about doing it this way is that it enables you to really improve the user experience at the same time. And that's one of the really exciting things for me from the design perspective. So how do you mean? So one big part about sandboxing is um, stability. So stability of the, the, the core, the base system. So, you know, an application should never be able to s slow down your system too much and make it unresponsive, or it should never be able to um, crash your system or create problems lower down the stack. And that's something that users experience all the time today. That's, that's not good. The other thing is that this was something I was just talking to Leonard about the other day: is that we can we can ensure that the the system as a whole is performant, so we can actually allocate resources to applications when they need them and um, we can make sure that an application doesn't hog all the, the resources on a system so everything will always be nice and snappy and responsive and will, and will behave really well and you'll, you will never have your system locking up or, or grinding to a halt or anything like that so it'll just be a huge huge step up in, in all kinds of ways it's not just about actually being able to get an app from an app store, although that is really important as well. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's tricky because you know there are distros out there and we, we want to work with our partners and so I think once this process moves on a bit we're really going to have to start engaging with those partners a lot and talking about the best way to do it but you know one of the things that we're trying really hard to do is to make sure that it's done in a way that will benefit any of the distributions that want to take advantage of this technology. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, is that this is working, I mean, this this, this benefits our partners greatly, and yeah. makes GNOME a lot more attractive. And that's the other reason for doing it in the lower levels of the stack, right? A lot of this stuff will be in the kernel, so anyone using the Linux kernel will be able to take advantage of this work. So tell me, how does this, like, initiative get started? You know, like, how did you start working on that, and how, I mean, was it sort of organic? Well, I mean, um, um, what we try to do with the systemd project is a little bit um, like turn Linux into a real operating system because <laughs> so far it, it mostly has been this kernel and then people built operating systems out of it and we kind of want to commoditize and make it boring like the, the actual operating system because most people don't they don't really want to to run Linux right they, they want to do something with their computer and um, like in Linux and there's this huge difference in the different distributions and all these kind of things and we thought well if we compare Linux with what the other operating systems um, have like Windows has and Mac OS has and then Solaris has and all these operating systems have or Android has then uh, um, yeah we can play catch up with them in, in quite a few areas um, very easily and we have done that in the past and, and, and uh, we can nowadays um, I think with SystemD we are much closer now to, to them but um, yeah the, the, the big thing that we were still missing is always the App Store because um, yeah, like Windows has the Metro App Store and, and Android has an App Store and, and and um, the iOS has an App Store, and MacOS has an App Store. Is there? They all have that. And they, they, they. It's just one of the things that I believe is needs to be part of the operating system. And mm -hmm. as long as we don't have that, we shouldn't be calling us a complete mm. operating system. As long as we don't have that, we are really just this this kernel with a little bit of tools. And I want Linux and, and, and especially GNOME OS to be much more than that. I want GNOME OS to be just the complete. Um, I hate the term system. GNOME OS. I don't <laughs> think that. I'm just going to say that. I just don't think that it's it's a particularly meaningful term. I think what we're talking about is GNOME. I don't. I don't. I mean, we don't need to debate it back and forth. It's just that <laughs> the term. It, it's not really an so, OS so that GNOME that is trying to replace at all. And I think that it's confusing. And, and to be honest, I'll just say, since this is an informal recording, that it pisses <laughs> off a lot of our partners, <laughs> and I don't blame them, you know? And it's, I think it's actually just a terminology problem. So I couldn't let that just So go, for, for, for me, for, for, for me Gnome OS just is about um, um, pushing, pushing the lower stacks of, of, of the kernel from the, from the desktop side, from the, from the UI side, because, I mean, there's, there's quite often the uh, uh, attitude by that, that the kernel people have their own little islands and, and the lower level system people they don't care about the desktop but ultimately I think people don't run that stuff because of these lower levels they run it because of the higher levels I mm. mean they want to run the app so um, the entire operating system should be designed that way that, that the demands of, of what the what the user experience should be um, drive what the kernel does and then what the lower levels of the stack does um, and so um, um, yeah, for for me, GNOME OS is, is kind of this this thing that we turn around things a little bit and 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 clarify that that GNOME is that OS that we try to 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 um, finish off, and not Linux is the OS, right? Um, so so I, well, I right. think I mean, that I guess it's the same. It's the same reason why the why RMS and the Free Software Foundation has been trying to say GNU Linux for so long is that we're using like imprecise language all over the place, and we haven't come up with any like aspirational 
you know, terms that describe what we're all trying to build together. And part of it is problematic because we split up into so many different directions at every at every turn. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that's, there are a lot of people who see different things in GNOME. Um, yeah, I, I, I just know what, what I see in it, and, and I think it should be the complete operating system, and it should be mm. something that competes with Android and, and everything else. We talked about this actually like a year and a half ago um, in, uh, at FOSDEM when I first became executive director. And we, I remember. Yeah, it was interesting, and I forgot that we had that conversation. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that the thing is that for us to succeed, we have to be smart and round up our wagons. And I can't believe I use that term. <laughs> we have to be smart and work together with everybody who's working towards the same goals. And uh, and some of the people we're trying to work with have, you know, have understandable preferences for terminology. And I think people get easily confused. And so I just don't want to get hung up over you know, the naming of things, and instead just work towards common goals. I don't care what we call it, as long as we get to the right place. Yeah, I mean, I think focusing on, on the goals is is the way to go here, because this is something that Lennox said in his talk, and it's something that I've been saying myself, is that every one of the, the steps that we're talking about is something that's beneficial in and of itself. And a lot of them are things that we have wanted to do pretty much since forever in the known world. And it's not just the app stuff, although that is part of it. You know, it's things like um, having continuous integration and testing and all of this kind of thing, so that we're, we're making sure that the software that we produce is of a really high quality. And it's, you know, it's making sure that we have kind of specific hardware that we test against and different architectures that we, we're building on. And, there's all kinds of things that we're looking at as a part of this general general effort. And I kind of agree with you to the, to the extent that it's, it's, you know, it's really sad if we get hung up on these um, issues with terminology because when you actually look at what's happening in GNOME right now, it's just so exciting. Mm. I, and... You know, we, we got together last Guadalc and we came up with, we had these like huge sessions where we talked for hours and came up with all of these. Those and were great. And I might add that the room was packed full of people yeah. and they were people from all different parts of GNOME and um, from all different affiliations. And I, I thought that was awesome. And a lot of people participated in the conversation who wouldn't ordinarily I don't think participate in like desktop devel yeah there's a lot a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of drive and it was all very it was aspirational but it was also concrete and we came away with specific plans and a lot of it is happening and the the, the app stuff that Leonard is working on is part of the part of that general story that we're trying to put together and people have always complained in Gnome that oh we don't you know we don't we don't plan ahead. We don't have this this kind of this overall plan, and now we kind of do. And it's it's very informal. It's not been ratified by by some kind of you know by say by the board or by the release team. But I think that's entirely appropriate because it's a community-led initiative, and it's the people who are interested and who are doing the work that are coming together and figuring out what the priorities are, so it's well, great. One of the things I'm trying to do with these recordings is to shed some light on this stuff by just talking to the people who are really involved with the initiatives, because I think 
I think when you come to conferences and you come to the places where um, people doing this sort of work are meeting, you really get a sense about the open dialogue and how decisions are made and how um, and how the work comes about. And I think it seems really, I think it seems really opaque to people who aren't here. So. I just pointed the microphone at Leonard. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, uh, I totally. The thing is, like, like before you go to to one of those conferences, you, it all these things do appear opaque, right? I mean, what people frequently forget is that actually we are so open a community. You, it's 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 like everybody who who just shows up will be included in the community, and and all the decisions we we make. Um, are are so simply just done in the open. It's 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 something. I, I mean, keep, people keep on complaining. For example, that Gnome Shell was designed closed and that no, they they wouldn't take any any recommendation and these kind of things. And and it, and, it, and the fact is simply it's so not true, right? It's it's like there is nothing more open. It's 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 like people just have to. to <laughs> I love that this, there was like a Mark Shuttleworth post. Mark Shuttleworth post where there was some allusion to. Um, you know, to the meetings. And what was really cool about it was that people in the comments actually referred to specific meetings and there were notes and, yeah. you know, like it's neat. Like a lot of this stuff is trackable and remains so. But I mean, it's kind of sad that there is this this, this um, um, diverting thing that, that on one hand people see this as opaque, but on the other hand, it's absolutely not opaque. Um, it's, it's we're like bad at communicating. I mean, I guess, I guess... I guess that's my fault, right? As executive director, part of my job is to be able to um, is to to be able to bring that message. But you know, as a, a former lawyer, engineer type, it's not necessarily my strength either. You know, coming up with ways to get the message out. So people are having a lot of fun nearby. It's really adorable. <laughs> but I think that that's that's one of our biggest challenges. And you know, for the more community-driven projects like GNOME, you know, we don't we don't have the like the quote-unquote community resources, you know, like we don't have like people who are specialists at, you know, spinning messages and, you know, wrangling volunteers. We just have the volunteers. Well, we, we communicate very intensively internally. And, and I think for anyone who's closely involved, everything, you know, you can see everything. And the important aspect of openness in that regard is that anyone can be involved to that degree there isn't a, there isn't any restriction on who can participate in that manner the, uh, the the thing that we struggle with a little bit more is being trans more transparent to the wider world and you know everything is public it's not like anything is exists in <laughs> private like you know, on the design side, all of our mock-ups are publicly available, they're freely licensed. All of the design work that we produce is out there on the web somewhere. Um, so but, we're, but we're not we're not our best spokespeople a lot of some of the time. I think it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, of, of blogging a lot and, yeah. and attending conferences. And not just, probably even the, the GNOME conferences, but all kind of conferences to just talk about them. I mean, we, we, we try to do that with SystemD and, and, and people... People um, still misunderstand what we're doing, but um, um, I think I think we did manage to get the message across what what we are about, and, 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 and given the success uh, of the project, um, it kind of works out. And I guess it it always matters. We need to blog and blog and blog. I mean, what what I always find interesting is that that, that people when they when they first join the community and, and have their little project and want to push it, then they they 
and I'm blogging a lot, a lot about it because I still have to, to fight through to get it accepted even um, by, the, by the community they, they, they want to be, be part in. As soon as um, people are already in the community, they, they, they often stop blogging because they, well, they already... It's so hard. <laughs> it takes so much time. And it's easier for some people than others. Like, I know people that writing a blog post is a huge... For me, it takes all day. And it's, a, it's kind of traumatic as well. I just did. Just, you know, maybe it was because I was a lawyer. I'm like a really careful writer, I guess. Yeah. So like I rewrite. And also I write in legalese. So like I, I write... It's really bad the first time I write it. So then I have to rewrite it. I don't know. But that's a really good point. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm a lazy blogger because I I never bother with putting screenshots in or anything like that. <laughs> even if I, I completely see that people probably like seeing screenshots more than anything else. Can you um, have screenshots for System D? Well, you can actually. I mean, you can 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 even you have can have nice screenshots of command lines. You can see how you actually visualize. Uh, for example, I don't know. We 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 did, we did logging, right? And then people heard the thing. We do binary logging, and then I assumed that there was some opaque thing they can't deal with and and can't 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 process, and it's. It looks totally different than anything than before, but but for that part, if we would have put a couple of screenshots, then people would have noticed. Oh, it looks exactly as a text logging file that that uh, existed before. But um, I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, um, I haven't blogged in a couple of months. I must tell, uh, admit myself. But um, I try to keep the the, the life and and and. and, and post more the what we do I start a lot more blog posts than I finish <laughs> that's my that's my dark secret Matthias is doing a very good job of that of, of, of yeah. keeping um, like, that would like be so great that, that uh, yeah, we need more of that actually I mean yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and here's that thing of not being too worried or hung up about it and that's really hard because you are you know you're presenting yourself to the maybe, outside maybe world. we should uh, start a challenge or something and know that um the person who blocks the most or are the most um oh my gosh what a great idea <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. not not the most text but let's say the most efficient like where people actually have something from or maybe just a number of blog posts just to get the well but then, then people would just copy bullshit in i mean or maybe we should just like have a vote for best blogger yeah something like that like you know if like a but, uh, but, prize. But or, or it could be a board appointed you know because it's kind of obvious you have to put something behind that that so i don't know they get a prize at next guadag or something yeah well usually you know i've been trying to do at the last two guadags i've tried to have like um you know recognize people like we have the pants which marina won this uh this past year and i you know and that's like the big award but it can only really go to one person despite the fact that it's been shared in the past for people who work together you know and so only recognizing one person a year is tough but i don't want to diminish the, you know, we don't want to diminish the importance of the pants. So the last couple of years, we've just <laughs> the importance of the pants. <laughs> what we've uh, so we've tried to what I've tried to do is have like you know just present T-shirts and really just call people up to applaud them yeah. because like so much of the work. It's like Andre Clapper yeah. had him come up because of uh, he does so much and just to give everybody a chance to applaud him. I don't know. It felt better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, last Guadec we. We had some stats up for the, the oh, we top people for patches and bugs closed yeah. and people used to get a round of applause if they if they win at that. I think I I think I came I was in the top six for bug reporters last last nice. time, which was an achievement. I can't remember where I was. I'll think about it. Maybe we can come up with some other kind of prize. I don't know, it's nice to recognize people for the hard work that they do. Definitely. Yeah. A best blogger, that's not a bad idea. I, and I think people blog less now in general anyway. I think Stormy wrote something about this recently. Like the, 
now that people are using kind of social media sites and yeah, and maybe maybe we should link that up better with with Planet Gnome or something like um, that that this isn't lost. I, I don't know how to do that. I'm not a web guy, but... Uh, we were talking about that, something. about aggregating the other... We were talking about aggregating non-blog posts on Planet Gnome, like having mm. Gnome-related, you know, dents and tweets and, mm. um, you know, G-plus posts. Yeah, I mean, talking about transparency and communication, the the Gnome Google Plus community has been pretty active recently, and we've had quite a lot of members of the community posting in there and answering questions and talking design you know I, I I read that and I post to it and that seems to be something that's that's been quite quite successful at opening things up though obviously it's not a, a free service so. yeah I don't which is tricky it's really tough I want to I only want to build on fully free platforms but at the same time you know we can't I don't know it's really there it's a tough situation we've got here we don't really, we don't have great alternatives, is I guess the, I hope I'm not slighting any free software project that I'm not aware of. Um, but okay, so what we're talking about, kind of opening things up a little bit more and how open things are when you're actually here. Can you guys think of any, like, for somebody listening to this, what is like something that might be secret to them, you know, that they might not know, that you know because you've been here the secrets of Gnome. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's no Swedish conspiracy. <laughs> yes, that is true. But or I mean, is, is there, there? Or is there? <laughs> I mean, is there something that you found out recently that you didn't know? About Gnome. About Gnome. No, it's so open. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, they're always politics involved, but um. But there are probably less politics involved in GNOME than any other project that I know. I mean, I think that's probably true. With Systemd, we had to 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 play our cards always the right way and, and figure out like how can we, do we convince um, specific groups of people, and uh, and that that was an awful lot of politics. But um, from GNOME, I always got the impression that what makes sense happens. It's so it's it's not. People are not not like this religious kind of guys usually, and, and um, I don't know. Like like for example, in GNOME, nobody would would um, run behind the Unix idea and and, and to see that as a dogma or anything like that. Something like that doesn't exist. And uh, and in all the other free software stuff I did, we always had to fight with with, with dogmas like that, where where people just are bound to an idea that you cannot discuss, that you cannot work around, and, and stuff like that. And then you have to 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 do nasty politics that I don't like and I mean yeah I, I, in, in free software it should always be the technical the best technical solution that that, that gets it right that it gets done and, and it should be improved and, and, and that that should be it in real life it probably isn't like that but it, in GNOME still gets it the closest I would say mm. um, from, from all the stuff I ever was involved with so I'm trying desperately to think of secrets. <laughs> so at the um, at the uh, Asia Summit, you um, they w we had like this little recording session where like this little uh, uh, they had this great banner with the sponsors logos um, that the local team made, and they were recording everybody who was coming with uh, and they asked you to say I'm a GNOME user and then say what you use GNOME for and I did a terrible job when I was. Um, and when I was recorded, and then Leonard went right after me, and I was so floored because you were so, 
you were so like eloquent and succinct and you basically said you know that gnome is the future and that you believe that gnome is you know is is the best you know that 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 you want to you say it instead because I'm just. I shall repeat it. No, you can you can watch that no. video later. On. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not asking you to repeat it. Really, I just wanted like you were. It was kind of a a pithy uh, summary, and I guess I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about how you felt about it. Well, I mean, what I mentioned before is this: I want GNOME to be this this complete operating system, and and I think in many ways it's already better than than, than the others that we have. Like I don't know, I think GNOME Shell is, is nicer than 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 MacOS or anything, and MacOS probably is the benchmark in, mm. in in user experience. And if we are better than that, then that's already quite a bit bit of. Uh, yeah, Alan and I were talking about this before uh, when we were waiting online for lunch, actually. And I was, you know, we were. I was saying that when I saw, you know, when I saw the beginnings of GNOME three, I just like I was so beyond excited that it made me actually think about leaving the Software Freedom Law Center where I love my job, and you know, I think that it it sort of does something different from the Mac paradigm or the PC paradigm and does something really quite special. Um, so. You know, I agree with you, and you know, I, I, I guess I just wish I wish we could show it to more people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, there's no doubt we still have a lot, lot, lot of stuff to do, but yeah. But uh, um, especially in the in the lower levels of things, but um, I, I mean, I have no doubt at all that that free software in, in the end will always win, and uh, and uh, we we took a little bit longer than, than in some other we areas. We always take longer. But uh, but ultimately, I have no doubt that that. Of course, GNOME Shell is going to 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 to, to win everything. Um, like I mean, maybe there are not going to be that many laptops around in in, in ten years or so, but um, they'll all run GNOME, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like what I was talking in about when I did my my talk here at GNOME Asia. I mean, is it? There's so much happening in GNOME right now, and it's easy to overlook just how much progress we've been making in the past couple of years and when you go back and you go and look at each release like it's, it's pretty pretty amazing what's happening inside the gnome community and there's there's so much drive and determination and i suppose that's one of the things that makes me quite confident for the future that we do seem to be on this this path where we're consistently like improving the experience in a significant way and if you can demonstrate that you're doing that release after release, then if you look forward, you know, a year or two years, then you can only but be kind of positive because you know, we're going to be in a really good place. I mean, we're already in a pretty good place, but it's going to be like, getting better. I think that's a good place to end. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. So, uh, so did this thing? Did, so, where, where are they? So, this was a year old. So, where are they on this thing? I mean, they're doing? still working on it. A lot of the technology has kind of uh, caught up, so that it's more possible with, you know, all the underlying stuff that Leonard's been working on. So, there's still a long way to go. I think. I think there are talks at Guadic and at Flock this year. Yes, people will be hearing this probably right after Guadic. 
so <laughs> maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll be... well maybe I'll I'll borrow the uh, recorder and uh, see if I can do a follow up with Leonard. Okay, that's fine. I think you're... he's going to Aquatic. I'm not sure, but there's some discussion about about the topic Aquatic plan. Yeah, sure. one of the reasons I have trouble following Leonard is he does that thing where he says we and I don't know who he's talking about. Like everybody in the free software world does yeah. that. They say we and I don't know who they mean. Yeah, because I, I, I think I he sometimes a, meant Gnome. I have a sometimes. talk about that. I know you do. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> uh, which I'm going to be giving next week, which will be in the past. No, you won't. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it'll be in the past for people hearing it. You gave uh, one at Oscon, but I did also. I gave one at Oscon, which hasn't happened for me yet because of our <laughs> funny time travel. You get, at Oscon 2014. You gave a talk about this topic. I, I guess that's true at the time of the listening, <laughs> but uh, but I did already give this talk also at the um, Texas Linux Fest. You've given it two places now. Texas Linux Fest and Oscon 2015. Three places, actually, including the Collaboration Summit. Oh, that's right. You gave us. Well, yeah, but the Collaboration Summit's a, you know, the the secretive event. It it is. It's small. It's invitation only. And it was... uh, I was invited. It was a a strange... uh, It was a strange situation because it was in a very, very small room. But the room was full, and it was full of people who um, kind of intimidated me a little bit. Why were you intimidated? Who goes to Collab Summit that's intimidating? There were a lot of people there, or there were people at least in in the room with me, that um, some of whom, actually, every time I've given that talk, Identity Crisis, there is somebody in the audience who I was talking about as an example in my talk. Different people each time. Oh, so you, so it's the thing like where Fontana gives a talk and he has me on slides and I'm there. Yes, luckily I don't say who people are specifically because they're not. It's not. I'm not quoting anyone. Well, I do quote somebody, but it's more like um, it's more saying, illustrating misconceptions or confusions about um, about uh, conflicts of interest and things like that. So they're not exactly things that I would want to name the person who had said them. I everybody, I mean, almost everybody makes these mistakes about, you know, when they speak, who, you know, they were talking about um, their different allegiances. It's, we try to be careful and say, you know, I know you do for sure, and I do, and just say with my, you know, with my gnome executive, you know, where, with, my, with my gnome director hat on, I think this, and but with most my conservancy executive director hat. Do it on purpose. I don't think Lennart Lennart does it on purpose. No, I mean I think he I th- works towards like the the technological goals he thinks are valuable in general for free software, and I think that he does that both in his his role <laughs> as an employee and in a, as an active member of the free well, software I, community. I, w- I actually wonder if he wasn't such a, a good politician if the technologies that he's worked on, which are, are valuable technologies, would have been so widely adopted. Mm. So a Pulse Audio, which is widely hated by a lot of people, he was successful in getting it widely adopted um, because he believed it was technologically correct and politically he was good at doing it. And the same thing happened with SystemD. I mean, if you look at Debian adopting SystemD, uh, that was a political process that, that he succeeded at. Um, now, Canonical helped a lot by being horrible, but <laughs> on the other hand, yeah, I think it's it's a tribute to Leonard's political uh, acumen that it was ex- so widely accepted. Mm. So I think that this idea of doing app stores for GNU Linux systems is not a bad idea. I, I'm troubled by how app stores have done up till now, so it's really a question of whether the technologies are going to dictate certain policies or make certain policies easy. 
Yeah. That's my worry. But yeah. but we'll, but I, I don't I don't know if it will or not. We'll see. Because for example, I, I don't like the idea of if Dbus is fully integrated with the kernel and that means you can do things like have more fine-grained lockdown of devices by using by turning dbus controls off and not giving people root that troubles me right because right now you you basically have two options you either run everything in user mode or you have root and they have all these workarounds on android systems to give people access to turn devices on and so forth whereas if you just root the phone you can do whatever you want mm-hmm if Dbus were a little more fine-grained, you could not give people root and still give them certain types of access, but not other types of access. Oh, I see. And that concerns me if that mm. if, if that's made too easy, right. in some sense. Mm. So it's I, I I worry sometimes that the technologically correct solution might be politically uh, dangerous. That's interesting. So I wonder if Leonard Potering has thought about this. And he wasn't happy about how you pronounce his name, huh? We're no. going to hear about that soon. I'm really bad. And I think I tried when we introduced him to say puttering, but I, I think I screwed it you up You make again. an O with your lips. My German teacher said make an O with your lips and you don't go wrong. Puttering. I'm not going to do this. It's going to be so embarrassing. Okay, you just make an O with your lips. Because my name is supposed to have an omelet over it, too. Is it? It's supposed to be keen. Keen? Yeah. Keen. Which I've had people who I've told that to then try to pronounce it that way and don't even do it right. So it's not worth it. But it doesn't actually have an umlaut on it anymore. How do you prefer your name to be pronounced? I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but. <laughs> well, I. Well, it's, another... it's typically pronounced as a hominid. I, I said this during the GPLv3 process with regard to Tycoon. In the right, in the right. uh, in the GPLv3 uh, text, it got removed, which then was in the how to apply section where this president of the the joke was in there. That my last name is a is a homonym for a racial slur in the U.S. Yeah, and so it's difficult. I mean, the, the pronunciation most people I know use is then the one I grew up with was the homonym for for a racial slur. Well, so I have other audio from that same trip where I interviewed. Um, Another person whose name that I butchered. And yeah, we have the audio on so, that too. So, so uh, Tobias um, Mueller. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll do that one in a future episode. Yeah, I and actually really hear. like that audio. Okay. I think that uh, that was pretty interesting. Well, so I, I yeah, I, I suppose people are going to feel that we're late being lazy. I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting content. So hopefully people like it. Um, if you feel that way, we should definitely have recorded something else. Well, you were the I, one who suggested it, so well, that's I think why. we need to clear the queue of the... This wasn't exactly... You put it in the queue. That's true. Yeah. But it's... And actually, now I'm feeling bad that we didn't say that Alan Day also participated in the interview at the beginning, since he did that's also... That's true. Less so, but... You he, said that you were walking with him and you saw Potter. That's true. So you did okay. say that. All right. Oh, and, and uh, I'll, I'll cover this in a different episode. Okay. So well, there's more to cover, but... This will be an episode all by itself. Fantastic. Breeze and Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of Pod Factory and can be found at podfactory.org. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. 
This episode of Free as in Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States license. You can follow Free as in Freedom, Bradley, and Karen on Identica, and also read Bradley's and Karen's blogs. Links can be found on the Free as in Freedom website, faith.us. That's F-A-I-F dot us. So much later in the day, I'm sitting with Alan and Leonard again, um, completely unrelatedly, and it has come up that I have terribly mispronounced Leonard's name. So everybody, just so you know, Leonard's name is... Leonard Puttering. Not Pottering. Puttering. Okay. So you know. <laughs> 